Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the show. On today's show, I'm very excited to be interviewing Ben Myers once again. Ben was one of the first guests ever on the True Condos Podcast and we caught up with him again. If you want to listen to the first interview I ever did with Ben, you can just go over to truecondos.com slash Ben. Or if you're uh, on iTunes and your iPhone, just go to episode number three and uh, catch that interview there. So Ben is the vice president of uh, market research and analytics with Fortress Real Developments. He's a self-described housing nerd. And uh, he is just a guy who really lives, uh, eats, breathes, and sleeps housing data. And he's um, just studying the market all the time. That's what he does for a living. He's got many years of experience. So it's always a great guy to talk to about what's happening in the market, um, take a temperature of the market. He, he really has a good knowledge of things from coast to coast. So if you want to check out the latest um, piece of content that he's put out and the one that we're going to be talking about on this interview, um, it's called the Market Manuscript. It's about a 50-page document. And... He puts them out every six months or so. Just head on over to the show notes for this episode, and there'll be a link there to download it. It's 100% free, and it's great reading for anybody who's interested in looking at the numbers and looking at what's happening um, in the housing markets across Canada. And you can get that, the show notes for this episode, by going to truecondos.com slash Ben Myers, all one word, B-E-N-M-Y-E-R-S. And you can download, uh, get a link there to download the manuscript. So yeah, we talked a lot, a lot of great things on this interview. We talked about um, is there a chance of a major housing correction in Canada? Um, is the Canadian market overvalued, or is it maybe actually undervalued? Oil prices. How will uh, these new lower oil prices affect housing in Canada, particularly Alberta, obviously? Um, forecasting ahead 2015 what what can we expect from the condo market this year in toronto um foreign investors we tackled is that a good thing or a bad thing so we talked about a lot of great subjects on this interview i hope you enjoy it so here it is my interview with ben myers Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Ben Myers. Ben has uh, actually been on the show before. He's the second time guest on the program. Ben is a senior vice president of market research and analytics at Fortress Real Developments. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, ben, you've got a uh, reason, of course, we're speaking is you've got your latest market manuscript out. And uh, of course, I'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode. I encourage everybody to go and download that report that you put together and understand what we're talking about here. But um, why don't you just tell everybody what the purpose of these reports are that you're doing and why you're creating them? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we have individuals that in- invest in our projects. That's now the, uh, the the specific way I need to uh, need to talk about them for compliance measures. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of false information out there about, about the housing market and a lot of uh, kind of misconceptions on, on uh, where the values are, Canadian housing and, 
and uh, what's happening in each of these specific markets. So I really wanted to do a comprehensive document that uh, that pulls a lot of these forecasts and, and numbers together and, and put it in, in one big report. So this is a the third, uh, the third one, uh, semi-annual reports that we, you know, we send out to uh, to the industry and we uh, send out to our development partners and uh, and uh, and send it out to the public so they can get a sense of, uh, you know, our knowledge and uh, and what we can uh, what we can bring to any uh, any relationship. Okay, so let's we'll jump right into the content itself. Um, you you answer your report answers a lot of great questions, so I'll hit you with a few questions here and you can let me know sort of the findings. So first one is. What are the chances of a major housing correction in Canada? Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, I you see many of these these forecasts calling for a forty percent drop in and resale housing prices across Canada, or a fifty percent drop, and and uh, you know the one famous guy has been calling for that for about four years, and and certainly. You know, I would uh, I would be uh, more respective of of a forecast like that if if there was some type of probability attached to it. You know, there's a 10% chance that that prices could drop 40% or, or or what have you. So, I wanted to put that out to to other housing analysts out there in the in the market. Um, so, you know, I've, I've appeared in a lot of uh, panels with these guys. I spoke to them on the phone. I read a lot of their material. So. So I sent it out uh, to the top 40 housing analysts. I got a 40% response rate, which was which was not too bad. Uh, and I asked them, "What you know? What do you think the probability of uh, a 20% drop in the housing market over the next five years from you know from pricing at the end of 2014?" So about 63% of the respondents said it was it was less than 5%. So it gives you a little bit of uh, a sense uh, of what they're thinking. The other 37% said it was. Uh, anywhere between five and twenty percent, so they're a little, uh, you know, thought there was the, the chance was a little bit, uh, a little bit higher than than that. But certainly, no one said it was it was greater than uh, greater than twenty percent chance that the that the market would uh, would decline. Interesting. Um, and so, uh, when we're talking about your 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 polling the different housing analysts in Canada. Um, Obviously, not you know a scientific, uh, statistically st- significant, I guess you could say, but very you know good anecdotal evidence in terms of talking to the experts in the industry, and these are what the experts who are studying the market every day. Uh, this is sort of generally what they're thinking. Is that fair? Is that is that accurate of sort of what sure. the findings? Yeah. Many of these many of these studies are are being done by by analysts that uh, that don't live in Canada, right? You're looking at very high. They're looking at very high level uh, data, and they don't. Don't often know the the trends that are that are influencing several of the markets in Canada and and why some of these uh, these data uh, figures are changing and that's that's often the the uh, the part that's most difficult about about analyzing a market you need to understand what's behind the numbers not only understand the numbers right and that's a great point many of the headlines that we see you know they'll say things like Deutsche Bank or World Bank or IMF or I don't know, United Nations or I don't know, somebody somebody out there far away has made this statement that the Canadian real estate market is this or is that or whatever, but it's a great point that, uh, and I guess that's a great point to, to note about your report is everyone you pulled and all the sources you pulled are from Canadian sources. Exactly. Yeah, great. So on that note, uh, next question. A major Canadian bank concluded that housing in Canada is actually undervalued. So why don't you fill us in on who that bank was and why they said that? Yeah, so it was uh, it was kind of a, a report that I had seen no one reference, and it was uh, 
RBC Global Asset Management Report from November 2014. It is probably one of the best reports that I've actually ever uh, ever read on on the state of the Canadian housing market, and 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 they responded to these uh, you know what I call the two variable studies, uh, you know the price to rent, price to income, uh, you know uh, debt to income. U.S. housing prices versus Canadian housing prices. You know, we always we want to make simplified um, studies. You know that that people can understand, but you just can't um, you just can't uh, you know use numbers like an average an average number for the, the entire Canadian housing market and uh, you know an average number for the entire rental market. But the interesting thing about the the rental market one, which I was trying to get my point out when I was on BNN the other day, but I didn't do a very good job of it, but uh, it was was looking at the the price to rent ratio. So basically, you're looking at the average price of a Canadian home and dividing that by the average price of, of a rental unit and to say, okay, that's that's changed over time. So now we're concluding that um, you know, that Canadian home prices are overvalued because that relationship has has widened. So because uh, they, you know, people like to think, well, your alternative to buying is, is renting. So therefore, if housing is going up at uh, at a rate faster than than rents, then obviously Canadian housing market is is overvalued. I, I've never understood why it doesn't mean rents are undervalued. It just means Canadian uh, prices are overvalued. I've never understood why that's not the case. But one of the big factors that's not taken into consideration is is the numbers that are used in there do not include condo rentals. Right, so you can't compare uh, renting to to buying when you're excluding um, all these uh, all these rental units that are that are on the market. As we can see, and uh, certainly uh, you can attest to this, the amount of of units are being rented in the uh, in the Toronto market that are that are condominiums is just through the roof, right? And in and, and all of these studies, uh, and including the one that was done by the Bank of Canada. Uh, exclude supply. You're not taking into uh, account what's happening with the supply of rental units or the supply of of uh, Canadian housing units, right? So, even the report that most people focused on, which was was done by the the Bank of Canada, their financial system review that said that Canadian home prices were 10 to 30 percent overvalued, they had a line in there in, in that report that said, yeah, it's actually been 10 percent overvalued since 2007, which didn't get a lot of media pickup, but it also said our our report ignores supply. And I think if anyone has taken a um, a class in in economics, the first thing you learn about is supply and demand. You value something by supply and demand. So if you ignore the the supply, um, how can you how can you come up with a with an accurate uh, valuation in the market? So. Um, you know that was that was something that I, I wanted to make sure was was in the in the market manuscript. So, uh, in conclusion, that was an extremely long answer to your question. But um, so RBC Global Asset Management said that the all these measures are are very much flawed. But the best one is uh, average price to average carrying cost ratio. And when you use that with a variable rate mortgage, which a lot of people are now taking a variable rate mortgage, it shows that Canadian house house prices are four percent undervalued. So I just wanted to make sure that that report was out there, uh, being in the mix with with several other the, several other of these uh, studies that are that are showing that Canadian housing is is overvalued. Very interesting. Um, let's talk about oil prices. Um, nobody knows what's going to happen with them exactly, but what impact will lower oil prices have in the Canadian real estate market? Um, and maybe a part B is from your report is what can we learn from historical times 
when we've seen oil prices fall down quite a bit, like like that's happened in the past. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm obviously just trying to wrap my head around what this all means. I'm certainly not a expert on on the the oil markets or their their impacts on uh, on real estate. So really, all I could all I could do is just turn to historical numbers. So. The World Bank had uh, come up with a study that showed, you know, the last five major oil price declines, and, and a couple were, were were coincided with U.S. recessions. Uh, one uh, coincided with the uh, Asian crisis, and another one uh, coincided with a uh, you know uh, an oversupply of oil and a change in the OPEC uh, OPEC policy, which is very similar to to what's happening now. So. Um, and that, that happened in 1986, and, and we saw oil prices stay low for uh, for a long period of time. So a lot of people are forecasting that that's actually what's going to happen as well. But if you actually look at the the, the major period in, in in 1986 where where oil prices went down, they went down about 50% year over year for 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 a long stretch there. And during that same period, um, house prices in Alberta, uh, house prices in Calgary, uh, I'm saying. Um, based on the new home price index, actually went up 8% year over year, and the new home price index tends to underestimate uh, um, prices. So that was a pretty significant jump in in a period where we had low, low oil prices. And actually, in 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 three of the five periods, house prices, new home prices, actually went up during those those declines. So I actually expected to see you know five or six percent decreases in in all of those periods, just so I could say, well, okay, this is. This is kind of the worst case scenario, so I was actually pretty surprised that in, in, that in three of those instances, uh, pricing actually uh, actually went up. So, you know, going back to the last one, you know, um, the last oil price decline, which coincided with the you know the global economic crisis, the global economic meltdown, whatever you want to uh, to call it. Um, you know, the resale pricing went down about seven percent. We saw if you if you use the lag um, uh, of, of several months for for new home prices, new home single detached prices, you actually saw them come down twelve percent. So that was kind of the uh, you know I'm using as the, as the worst case scenario because we at that point in time obviously there was a recession going on in the United States, there was a re- recession going on in the rest of Canada. We were in the middle of a, a credit crunch as well, obviously associated with associated with that so um you know the situation was much worse than it is today so i like to think that uh it won't be as bad as it was in in uh in 19 i mean sorry in in um in 2008 2009 period there uh this time around but i think you know uh once bitten twice shy so that so, uh, many of the uh um, you know, Albertans are, you know, have that fresh in their mind and, and are going to be pretty cautious about uh, jumping back into the market right now. So I'm hoping it's just uh, right now it's more of a, a crisis of, of confidence than it is a, a crisis of, of substance. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, after a few months, uh, the dust finally settles and uh, people realize that they haven't lost their job that a lot of people they know haven't lost their job, that they still would like to, to buy a new home or they would still like to, to move up and, and they'll, uh, they'll decide to make that decision. Uh, are we overbuilding in Canada? Do you think we have too much supply? I don't. I don't. I mean, we're, we, we've consistently uh, been in that range of, you know, in and around 185,000 to 290,000 new housing starts, right? We were... We had a, a stretch in the uh, you know about uh, about ten years ago we were we were up in the range of you know two hundred and five thousand housing starts 
but you know that was kind of in response to uh, a long period of underbuilding in the market where we were you know in and around 160,000 uh, housing starts. So I don't think we're we're overbuilding. Uh, I, I think we're kind of building exactly where we need to be in and around that you know 180 to 190 uh, housing starts range, and that seems to be the number that, that several of the analysts uh, are, are are saying is a sustainable level of housing starts. I was I was asked uh, uh, on on my on my BNN interview, uh, what do you think about you know these low housing starts, seasonally adjusted housing starts for February? And I think I I surprised you with my answer, saying we're 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 good with it. You know we're we're happy with uh, with low housing starts as 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 a development company, right? We don't uh, we don't want to see the the talk about overbuilding in the market. Uh, you know, low supply uh, leads to higher prices. Uh, you know, less developers out there uh, trying to get construction financing, more potential dollars for us. Less developers uh, grabbing pieces of land. You know, more opportunity for us to grab those pieces of land. And housing starts is is not directly uh, a ref- uh, directly a reflection of a current level of demand. It's a it's lagging demand. It, it typically reflects. Um, sales that happened in in the year prior, right? So if you look at the uh, certainly the Toronto market, if you uh, look at the correlation between um, sales in the previous year and and starts the next year, it's it's very very close to uh, to being a you know a, an even relationship, right? So I'm not concerned about about housing starts this year. I think we'll probably end up fairly close to to where we were last year, and in my you know my uh, I guess my average of all the forecasts in the market it only looks like it's going to be a you know a three percent drop. So if you look at you know condo sales in in uh, in uh, Calgary were up four percent, condo sales in Edmonton were up thirty two percent last year, condo sales in Toronto were up fifty one percent last year. So uh, once a lot of those projects get under construction, you'll see uh, you'll see starts back up, and, and in a few months from now you'll you'll see people talking about oversupply again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, when people jump to conclusions about housing starts, I always, you know, just shake my head because it's, like you say, it's a lagging indicator. There's so many other factors that go into it in terms of high-rise versus low-rise starts. Uh, they're very different. I mean, just to, to jump, with the headlines, they just get one stat. It's housing starts this month or this year or this quarter, and they... They make all sorts of conclusions on it without knowing any of the things that went into it. Yeah, it's a, re- a reflection of available, uh, you know, uh, supply. It's it's a function of available uh, approvals and a function of available uh, building permits. It's uh, you know the avail- availability of construction financing and and yeah, there's a, a, a there's part of that that uh, you know has to do with uh, developers want to go ahead with building spec homes, right? Like some developers when when they feel the market is, is down will won't build spec homes, but I think that's a it's a very uh, small part of the market uh in terms of the, the overall housing starts that happen in a year, right? Mhm. Let's zoom in on Toronto itself in the condo market here. Um forecasting for this year, you said last year's sales were very strong up about 50% from 2013 what what are you predicting or what's the consensus amongst the housing analysts that you pulled for um, how many condos will will see sold in Toronto this year and sort of how would you describe the temperature of the Toronto condo market in 2015 yeah I certainly think it's it's positive um, uh, you know I, I think my forecast is is uh, 
I think it was 17,700 or 17,750, something like that. I believe Urbanation was somewhere around uh, 18,000 or, or 18,500. And actually, Will Dunning, who's 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 typically um, you know underestimates uh, sales, is, is predicting over 22,000. Right. So I was pretty shocked to to see that forecast. I think there'll be less um, less projects uh, come to market this year, and, and and typically there's a pretty even relationship between the number of units that are launched in a year and the number of sales in that year. So if we're not going to see as many projects this year, we're not likely to see as many uh, sales this year. Obviously, the market is very much driven by the large-scale downtown condo projects, and there's only a few of those that I see on the on the horizon for launching in 2015. So uh, we're not likely to see the to see the same level of sales. I think we. I think 2015 was a, I mean, 2014 was a really good test case for, for the condo market. We had record levels of completions. A lot of units were uh, being put onto the rental market, but you're still seeing high lease to listings ratio. You're still seeing rents increase. Uh, you're still seeing low days on market for these, uh, these rental listings. I think there's a very, still a very strong appetite for, uh, rental product, uh, in this market. And, uh, you know, I think investors are are being a little more cautious in terms of the locations uh, and uh, where they buy investment units. It looks like the 905 is is certainly slowed down uh, in terms of investor activity. Uh, I still think there's end user demand in in those markets, but the investor uh, is is kind of sticking to areas where there's there's transit, right? So you know that's why we're you know seeing strongest sales that are our projects that are you know right on the subway or or close to uh, a streetcar or a go train station, right? So I think that will, you know, continue to drive investor demand. But, you know, the lenders are, are interested in, in getting into more condos. Obviously, you see these um, these rental projects popping up. Uh, you know, they require a lot of equity. Uh, they require, um, you know, a lot of confidence on, on uh, construction lenders to uh, – to uh, to lend on a project without sales in there, it seems there's you know we don't know that pro forma number, that rental number that's projected uh, if it's uh, if it's tested right. When they know in a condo apartment with 60 or 70 percent sold, it's it's that number's been tested, so they know that um, you know there's there's demand for that product at at that price, and so we don't know how long it's going to take to uh, absorb all those rental units. So. There's confidence in, uh, you know, in, in, in the rental market, and, and if there's confidence in the rental market, there's confidence in investors. So the confidence of investors means they'll buy condo units. So, um, you know, running it through that kind of gauntlet, it uh, it, uh, it it makes me feel good about uh, about the condo market in Toronto, and, and certainly in in the, in the 416. Yeah, I think that's a key. yeah, I think that's a key point for everybody to remember, and something that uh, something I'm seeing on the ground, sort of so to speak, uh, selling condos. Uh, with my clients and working with them is like you said there's there's going to be much fewer new condos launched this year so it stands to reason that the number of sales will probably go down this year um and so you know as usual the headlines at the end of the year will probably read something to the effect of you know the condo market is down uh, sales are down, you know, times are bad for some reason, but really, uh, it's probably actually a very good thing for the market overall. If sales, you know, are actually less this year than they were coming off of last year. Um, I mostly don't think that, that 23,000 or 24,000 is, is where we want to be on an annual basis. I'd be much right. more comfortable right. if, if that number was 15 or 16,000 condo units. 
keep it keep it under supplied, keep the demand there, keep the pricing increasing. So I'm happy at a lower number, right? Absolutely. And absolutely. And if, as for the individual condo investor, that's exactly my point. You, you should be happy as well. If you hear that sales are down at the end of this year, uh, you should. And if you're in the market, you should say, "Good. That means uh, supply is down. Uh, demand will." remain the same and that means your prices are going to continue to go up it's really, um, it's really about the individual um, sales in the projects right you want to see the projects that did launch how well did they do right that's what it's more about me than the total number in the market right great point great point um, um another thing you talked about in your report foreign investors um did you conclude that foreign investors are, foreign investors are a good thing or a bad thing or, interesting question, right? Like we, it seems like everyone that ever talks about um, foreign investors in, in the, the Toronto condo market is really just trying to tell you that there's not a lot of them. There's not, no, there's not, there's not, there's not, because everyone just thinks it's bad. And I don't necessarily think it's bad, right? I think it shows that if if, if people from other countries are looking to Canada as a place they want to invest their their money, I think that's that's a positive, right? It's we, um, you know, we're building 500 and 600 unit condo projects, right? So it requires 300, 400, you know, 450 uh, uh, pre-sales before these these buildings can get built, right? And 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 now with with uh, you know the affordability issue for for young buyers, uh, the fact that these large towers can take you know three three and a half years to build, plus a, a period of uh, between launch and uh, in construction, you're looking at potentially uh, four and a half, five years uh, to to get occupancy. So they're just not making that commitment. So once these, when, when you have these investors and you have foreign buyers coming in, they help these these projects get get built and uh, and provides you know rental supply going forward, right? Uh, it's just you know, I don't think people would be too concerned if if uh, some a Chinese developer came in and, and or a Chinese uh, landowner came in and bought 1,500 rental units and kept them under uh, over uh, 10 buildings. You know, people wouldn't have an issue with that. But for some reason, the individual ownership uh, really scares people. Uh, and so I, you know, I asked the analysts. I said, you know, what do you think? Uh, do you think foreign ownership is good or bad? So I believe about 40% said it was good, and actually 60% said well, you couldn't character, characterize it as good or bad. So um, so it was interesting, right? Uh, you know, some people uh, thought, yeah, it's fine. You know, they're coming in, they're they're holding the units long term and renting them out. Uh, eventually, a lot of them want to come here and and live in those units themselves. They have some type of connection here with a with a, a relative or or a family member or or something like that. So I don't know why we make such a big a big deal of a deal about it. I think it's just just fear. It's fear of the unknown. Um, we don't know what they're going to do. You know, I, I would be worried if they were coming in and buying a whole bunch of single detached houses and uh, and and letting them sit vacant. I think that would be bad for our housing market. But uh, I don't think that's uh, certainly that's not the case, and that's that's what uh, not what's happening in, in in the Toronto market. Uh, uh, last question from your report. You said, you, uh, you said the the top metropolitan housing market in North America is uh, a Actually, in Canada, and it was a bit of a surprise yeah. which one that was. Why don't you tell us? About so that was probably one of the one of the only reports that I uh, that I, I sourced that was was a non-Canadian report, and that was by a, a rating agency called DBRS. So they looked at four different countries and ranked, um, you know, what the best housing markets were over the last metropolitan area housing markets were over the last decade. So 
uh, of the of uh, out of you know the North American markets. Uh, what they looked at was Canada and the United States, and surprisingly, Winnipeg was was both the top housing market of the last decade in, in North America. So Winnipeg, pretty, yeah, Winnipeg, yeah, interesting. I was I was trying to get a sense of 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 how they ranked them, but it's you know had to do with pricing and it had to do with uh, absorption and it had to do with uh, you know with uh, other factors, I mean, quality of life and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, voted Winnipeg. So we're, you know, we're we've seen some slowdown in Winnipeg. Obviously, over the last uh, last year, it was in a market that was, um, you know, in a big, big housing boom for, you know, we're talking the five five years before, you know, uh, 2013. So it slowed down a bit, but um, I still think there's there's uh, there's demand for for condominiums there. They've 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 built a lot of them. A lot of them have been suburban, but they have two, you know, large scale downtown projects under construction right now in, in Winnipeg and, and we're we're gonna be launching our, our project there and uh in uh, at the end of this year hopefully. We're working on the, the sales office now. So uh, we just think it's a think it's a interesting opportunity for investors that are that are looking to uh to put their money in a in a different market. That's great. Now one, one, That's great. Now one, one uh, sort of bonus question: If you could wave, if you had a magic wand, and you could change one thing about the condo industry, the condo market in Canada, what would it be, and why? Well, well, well. I wish everything could close on time. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be uh, that would that would be quite interesting. But you know, I, I think people. I wish they could just understand. Um, the supply versus demand. You know, I wish they could they could see that that you know, some of these projected closing dates that you see uh, put out there are just projected. You know, and they're not what actually gets completed, right? And and they they need to understand context. Context is is the hardest thing for people to understand. And, I, and I'll just give you one example um, before I before I get off on another another tangent like I have earlier in this <laughs> in this call, but. <laughs> <laughs> number of completed and unabsorbed supply of, uh, went up significantly in January, according to numbers by by CMHC. And people said, "Well, that's the highest in 25 years." But for one, they didn't mention the fact that CMHC has changed the definition of what is a completed and unabsorbed condominium. <laughs> so it changed in 2013. So it doesn't include uh, units that are rented out. So developers, uh, a lot of developers. You know, once you're, you know, 80%, 85% sold, you're, you're in a profit situation, right? You're making money, right? You're paid off. You're, you've paid off your construction loan. You're, uh, you, you, you have enough money to pay, uh, you know, your employees and stuff like that, and all that, all that fun stuff. So you're, you're, you're making money, right? So, yeah. Say, okay, I don't need to sell these while I'm under construction. I'm going to hold these until. Uh, the the building is complete. You know, I might I might use one as a model. I might mock some up, and I'll get a higher price when people are able to walk through them. So some some developers take that strategy. Uh, other developers say, you know what, I want to defer the profit on these units until another year. Right. So I'm going to rent them out. So they put them on MLS and rent them out themselves. Right. So so there could be someone living in those units, but CMHC doesn't include that as a Sold unit, a developer right. sold unit, right? So right. you can't compare it to previous years. Uh, and, and the last point is the fact that we had 23,000 units, um, you know, uh, register over the last uh, or, or occupy over the last year, right? So if you look at the number that are that are completed and unabsorbed over that total number, it yeah. still only ends up in the, yeah. in the five to eight percent range, right? Almost exactly where it's been historically, right? So yeah, the absolute number is high and. And we're going to monitor that, and and we're going to look 
not only at the absolute number, but where are the units, right? Like 100 of the units are in a suburban Oakville project, right? You know, uh, 250 units are one developer, you know, this, and this, this developer is one of the richest developers in Canada. So he's, he's not lowering his prices. He's not going to influence the market by how he, what he does with those remaining 250 units, right? So it's not only knowing how the numbers come together, but uh, why they come together and, and who they are, right? So I think it's, right. it's really important to, Right. understand the context of some of these these numbers and, and you know and that's what I try to um, you know put out to our uh, you know in people that invest in in, in forces projects and uh, you know and to uh, to the general public just to, to keep them aware of what's actually happening in in some of these projects and, and give them give them better context right which I think is 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 lacking especially when you know in a newspaper store you've got 500 700 words so you can't you can't give the full spiel of uh, of what's going on Absolutely. It's all about context. That's a great point. Uh, I think we can probably leave it there. And um, thank you very much again for your time, Ben. Appreciate it. If people want to get a hold of you or learn more about Fortress Real Developments, what's uh, the best way to do that? Yeah, so FortressRealDevelopments.com is a, is a great, place to, uh, great place to start. Uh, if they're you know interested in uh, investing and passively and in real estate, I suggest FMP Mortgages, FDS Broker Services, or FFM Capital to check any of those uh, those three out. You can find me on Twitter at at Ben Myers 29, um, and uh, you know I'll, I post lots of articles on there, my opinion on on things. So so follow me up, but uh, don't troll me. <laughs> <laughs> No trolls allowed. Okay. Exactly. Great. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Ben. And again, we'll include a link to the market manuscript as well in the show notes for this episode. So anyone can listening can go and check that out and download the uh, document that we've been talking about this whole podcast. It's what is it, about 50 pages long, right? 50 pages. Yeah. So lots of, yeah, lots of great meat in there to, uh, to digest for anybody who's interested in, in taking a deeper look at the Canadian housing market. Keep it on your bedside and help you go to sleep at night. So, there you go. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, Ben. Yeah, okay, take care. Thanks. thanks, bye. Okay, there you have it. That was my interview with Ben Myers of Fortress Real Developments. Once again, for all the show notes on this episode and to get your copy of the market manuscript, just head on over to truecondos.com slash Ben Myers, all one word, B-E-N-M-Y-E-R-S, and you can download um, the f- free copy there. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for supporting the show. Appreciate um, all the listeners out there. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me anytime, of course, you can send me an email, andrew at truecondos.com. Or you can call me, text me, 416-371-2333. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. If you have any ideas or comments on the show, I'm always willing to hear from you. And uh, I wish you happy investing in all your endeavors and have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.